Hey there, it's the Jew from the Chew on This Podcast, letting you know you can leave comments, questions, and suggestions a number of ways. Reviews and comments are appreciated on iTunes and YouTube, and you can check out our daily postings on Facebook. Our Twitter feed and Instagram is at Chew on This Pod, and of course, as always, you can email us directly at Chew on This Podcast at gmail.com. So there you have it, folks. Short of a bat signal or an Avengers card, there's all the ways you can let us know how big of a nerd you truly are. Enjoy and chew on this podcast. Welcome to episode 30 of Chew on This, a Nerds United podcast. I'm BJ. Vic. So we had the pleasure of uh, watching Finding Nemo again uh, last week, and we just got back. Well, you just got back from, and I just got back from watching Finding Dory. Yeah, this is our first, uh, I mean, I don't really necessarily want to say it's an immediate reaction to it, but it's it's well, it's actually pretty close to immediate reaction. Pretty, pretty close. It. Um, <laughs> it's it's one of the few rarities that we get where we finish a movie, don't have to wait a day or a couple of days to actually review the movie. So, so this is just basically winging the fact that we just walked out of the theater, came home, and just turned on the podcast to record. Yeah, absolutely. That is kind of a first uh, for us. Usually, one of so us has seen it in one day, the other one the next day. <laughs> Right, so this podcast might be all over the fucking place. Yeah, perhaps. Um, well, yeah, I really didn't uh, take any notes, or I just went into it, watched the movie, came straight home, like you said, plugged in my thing, and we're ready to roll. But um, I have to say my initial reaction is that I, I was surprised that I wasn't um, as emotional as I thought I, w- I was going to be. And uh, I, I thought the storytelling was good and the animation was mind-blowingly good. But I felt like um, overall I wasn't um, touched as much as I was when I first watched the first movie. I just I just thought it was like really entertaining. I mean, better than like Good Dinosaur, better than some of their other movies that they've done. But um, I just thought it was okay. Like I didn't love it. I mean, I, I like it a lot, but I just wasn't like blown away. Um, emotionally or like, you know, I think a couple times I laughed out loud and um, recognize a lot of voices and whatnot. But uh, anyway, my initial reaction was I just thought it was okay. Um, for me, I think I'm on the same boat as far as emotional, which for me, emotional wasn't for, for not being emotional. That for me means I didn't cry like a little baby in the movie, which I thought <laughs> I was going to. <laughs> me too. Um, when I saw the third trailer, and in the third trailer, Nemo turns to Marlin and says, um, does this mean we have to say goodbye to Dory? And I'm like, oh, you motherfuckers, you're doing it in the trailer. Because I got emotional in the trailer. I was yeah. like, oh, Pixar's going to get me again, you know? And um, so I, I wasn't like, I didn't weep like a little baby, like in Up or Toy Story 3 or, you know, In, uh, in and Out. Um, 
or inside out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the, you didn't movie. laugh during the game. You didn't cry during the game movie with uh, <laughs> Kevin Klein. Kevin Klein um, movie's awesome. So I did, yeah, I didn't, I didn't weep in this. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's, you know, this is how good Pixar is. When I walk away and I'm upset that I didn't cry like a little baby, and I think something's wrong with the movie. You know, like yeah. there's nothing really wrong with this movie. Um, oh, by the way, spoilers. Um, yeah, big but time like spoilers. towards the, uh, you know, towards the end, it got a little ridiculous. Like when they were driving the truck, I was like, okay, uh, this is like one spectacle after another for for fish. Yeah, you know, like because because all the things that they pull off in this movie. You look back at Finding Nemo and you're like, well, why the fuck didn't they do that in the first place? Like, they, like if they can stop a truck on a highway, why the fuck can they go into a dentist office? You know, like, yeah. <laughs> so, so that that kind of rang in my mind. But at the same time, you know, you, of course, you got to suspend this suspend belief, uh, suspend belief uh, right? You know, talking fish, but it, it to me it got a little bit tiny ridiculous towards the end, especially with the whole truck scene. But you're kind of just you know you're invested and you're there. Um, but there's really nothing wrong with the movie. It's just really good storytelling. Um, really, I, w- I want to use the word emotional in the sense of like you feel for the characters and then the moments and, and everything that they're saying. But I, again, that's how good Pixar is. I, I feel like I'm, I feel like it's not that great as Finding Nemo or the others because I didn't cry. And that's like weird right. to say. But there, again, there's nothing wrong with this movie, so I'm kind of like, kind of at a loss. Like, if you said like, "What's wrong with Finding Dory?" I couldn't tell you one thing other than the fact that I didn't cry. Yeah, it's <laughs> weird. I, that is kind of weird. I mean, when I left there, I turned to my son and I was just like, "You know what? It made this movie a little bit better for me." I think is if they, it felt like Pixar was pulling their punches at the end. I felt like um, that Dory should have went away with her parents. They should have left, and then that would have. You know, and they should have said their goodbyes. So it would have been sad and all that stuff, but that's just how life is, you know. But instead, they went with the happy, we're all going back home, you know, which is way across the ocean, you know. I mean, they show you the journey going there, but they never show them going back. But, um, yeah, I I think for me, they just, I think they just kind of pulled their punches at the end. I mean, it, it was building up to something and all it was really building up to was, oh, we're all back together now. Now we've got a new family with us, and now we're going to take the squid with us, or octopus, and we're all going to go home. So I don't know. I think maybe they just kind of missed an opportunity there to say, like, you know, hey, it's, sometimes you have to say goodbye, and sometimes you have to grow up, and this is a new new point in your life, you know, and things like that. But whatever. I mean, you could call that nitpicking. I thought – the movie as a whole was very entertaining. You know, um, I didn't hate this movie at all. I didn't think it was a piece of junk like you know Warcraft, <laughs> but but I think <laughs> but I but I think it's just kind of like you know, not that like Pixar phoned it in. I can't quite grasp it either. I can't quite like. I think I really, they, I dude, seriously, I, I really because what you just said, like I was, you know, I was waiting for it. You know, I was waiting for that gut punch moment, and nobody dies in this movie. I don't think. Oh, I saw it. Just no, recently, but no, nobody dies, right? Okay, so yeah, there's no, there's, <laughs> dude, I, I think we are nitpicking the fact we're we're actually nitpicking a Pixar movie because it did not make us cry. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know it's so ridiculous. <laughs> granted, like I, I'm I'm in my late thirties, you're in your early forties, and we're grown men, and we're complaining and nitpicking about a cartoon movie that did not make us cry. 
Like, <laughs> it's because when we, that's like we come to expect it, though. It's like, it, yeah. As soon as I saw the the shells on the ground, I was like, oh, that's cool. But that's as big. That's as big as it got for me emotionally. I, I didn't go right. like you know. And then when she saw her parents, I thought, oh god, I'm gonna well up. I didn't well up at all. I just kind of went, oh okay, cool. Like she found her parents, you know, and. Right. That was it for me. There was no other emotional pull than that. Now, if they would have like had to say goodbye to her, like there's a, a thing where they're behind glass and like one person's going to go the other way, then one's going to go the other way, and that's the end of it. Like they have to say their goodbyes. That would have been heart wrenching, you know. But they just kind of they went with the safe ending, you know. Um, and then uh, I don't know. I mean, that's all I really have to say about about that. But uh, we you can find get- it weird that like that. All the fish, like uh, all the healthy fish, go to Cleveland. Is there something about <laughs> Cleveland that I didn't know about? I thought Cleveland's fish. A, I, I, I shouldn't say anything bad about Cleveland just in case we have Cleveland listeners. But like, <laughs> I've always heard Cleveland isn't like a great place to live. But I mean, you could say that about anywhere. So, um, right. yeah, I, I thought that thought was kind of because I, I thought it was odd like too because teams. right. <laughs> I just thought it was odd because it was in the middle of the United States. I'm like, that's nowhere near water. <laughs> like, why would you? Yeah. Why would you yeah. send them there? <laughs> yeah, that was. That yeah, was I didn't know. Weird. I didn't know if there was like some like special aquarium in Cleveland because I don't really know. But I just thought it was like a weird place that like they're going to Cleveland, and I was like, that's interesting. <laughs> so far from water. Yeah, that was kind of weird. That was the point. You know, maybe that was the point that it was like in the middle of, you know, the middle of the United States and nowhere near a major body of water. Yeah. So, I mean, that could be, that could have been a running joke. I I don't know. I'd have to look into it now, like go on the internet and look, but they did mention, you know, um, you know, Morro Bay, which that's an actual place. Um, they didn't say the Monterey Bay Aquarium, um, which is a pretty well-known aquarium in San Francisco Bay. Uh, not San Francisco Bay, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, uh, Morro Bay, Bay. Yeah, Monterey Bay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the the storytelling was good, you know, and all the animation was good. And I, I do like the addition of the um, some of the new characters that they had. Um, and, and they're yeah. very, very recognizable voices, too. Um, the... The, the nearsighted whale, <laughs> which, which, uh, that's the, De- that's, uh, the girl who plays Deandra and, uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, Your sweet. Is, Kate, is it Caitlin Olson? Caitlin Olson. Yeah. Sweet D. Um, and then, uh, Bailey was played by, I think Jim Gaffigan. I, that sounded like him, the comedian who always talks about hot pockets. Um, okay. and then, uh, of course, Ed O'Neill, the great Ed O'Neill man, you know, uh, playing the, the octopus. He was fantastic. Married with children. Um, uh, Idris Alba was in it. Idris Alba, yeah. What was he playing again? He was the big seal, the big black seal. Oh, that's right. There two seals. There was the bigger black one, and then there was like the the middle, middle tier brown one, and then the one that looks like he was retarded. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, what was that? Like Gerald or Reginald or something? I can't remember. Yeah, that, was, that was retarded. Yeah, because I, I remember in Nemo, it was the, the seagulls going mine, 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 but in this, it was the, the otters. Off. Or, yeah, off, off, off. <laughs> Love that. That was If you've great. ever been to like San Francisco Bay and, and off the pier, you would find that very funny. Yeah, that's, I mean, that would. That I thought was pretty clever. I was like, "Oh, that's what they're saying. Get off the rock." Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny. Um, 
Yeah. What else can I talk about this? Um, so well, let's go, let's go, let's break down let's break down the beginning because the beginning was you get baby Dory and oh my god how adorable was baby Dory and baby Dory baby was Dory. so cute I was like let's just make a movie about baby Dory <laughs> just spend this whole time just talking about baby Dory because whoever the voice was whoever the voice of baby Dory was I got the same like um uh like oh my god I want to pinch that imaginary character's cheeks um the same <laughs> as like um boo whoever did the voice of boo from monsters inc oh gosh uh, had, yeah had the same thing so whoever that voice was well done because that was adorable beyond all belief yeah they um, did such a good job with the voice on that character who was the sure. parents do you do you know off the top of your head who the parents were I, I could have swore that was like the dad from like uh, American Pie, but I could yeah. Eugene Levy was his dad. It even looked like him. Um, the the woman though, I, I I don't know who his mom was. I don't know. Uh, Diane Keaton actually. Are you serious? Yeah, and and Bailey was actually Ty Burrell. Oh Ty! Oh God, Ty Burrell. Why did I say Jim Gaffigan? Kind of sounded like him, but okay, Ty Burrell. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes. Did a lot you of notice sense. a different? Did you notice a different voice for? I know we know in the in the last last last, uh, last uh, podcast we talked about uh, a voice for Nemo. Did you notice? I didn't a notice it. I didn't notice voice? a difference at all. Honestly, I actually didn't even think about it till now. But I know it's a different. Well, it has to be because that kid would be in his twenty late twenties now. It's thirteen years later. So yeah, yeah. Um, no, I I really d- didn't notice a difference. I was like, wow, and. You know, of course, Albert Brooks is fantastic again as Marlon, you know, and Ellen DeGeneres is uh, give her an Academy Award for, you know, for Dory. My God, you know, she's awesome. Um, But voice acting, again, is just absolutely stellar with Pixar just across the board. They always pick the right people to voice these these characters, and they're all very memorable. Um, Yeah, just a I thought it was interesting that there was like two storylines here. They, mm-hmm. they actually, there was a chance for Marlon to actually grow in this movie as well again, um, which was kind of interesting. I thought that it wasn't all about Dory, um, that Marlon's story was not completed in Nemo, that he still didn't let go. Yeah, he didn't. He, um, it seemed that he had a pretty good relationship with his son. You know, like it, it really like right. it had evolved and that's good. But his relationship with Dory, he was doing the whole like, I got to keep an eye on her all the time. I can't. Right. It was like he but it was almost like, man, it was almost like uh, at, at a certain point in time, it was like he transferred whatever he had with Nemo over to Dory. But there was also almost like a resentment, but at the same time, fear of losing her. Yeah. Like he was kind of mean um, there at one point. He snaps he at mean, her. Yeah. Right. Right. But uh, but you know it's revealed later on that it's because he doesn't know how to, you know, voice his emotions or whatever, and basically just took it out on her that he knew that if she ever found her parents, that Dory would have to go right. away, and that's what he was afraid of the whole right. time. And again, so that was that's multiple layers yeah. too. Like it's I don't even know how. Like I know my four year old didn't get it. You know, she was a little confused on everything that was going on because there's a lot of emotional things going on yeah. in here, regardless if they made us cry, regardless if they made us cry or not. But there's a lot of like different layers to what's going on here. Like definitely, definitely a lot of layers. Like I, <laughs> I would have lost my shit if like you could see like inside out of. Uh, my oh my god! Brain, yeah, basically, 
That would have been hilarious. Um, I want to skip a little ahead because I don't want to forget, but I unfortunately did not stay for the end. Oh yeah, I did. Yeah. So what, what, yeah, I know you did. So what were, what was the, uh, well, they kind of continue the ridiculousness of the whole thing, but see, basically, um, it showed, it was kind of, it was neat how they segued into it. Cause it showed, um, uh, Ed O'Neill's character, Hank, uh, as the squid going in and out of different scenery. And then, um, and then it went right. outside and then it started at the bottom of the ocean floor and it slowly went up the ocean floor in the, um, the open ocean part where all the, the fish are, you know, I guess pushed out into. And so as it goes higher and higher, you see more and more fish and colorful fish and all that. Then it gets all the way to the top and there's that rock and the two otters are on there. And the, the one, um, crazy one is trying to, you know, sneak up on them. But they, but as soon as he gets to the rock, they t- they go off, 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 and he like falls back into the water, and then all of a sudden, all of these bags of fish pop up to the to the surface, and it's all the fish from the first movie that escaped the us. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, way. and they say something, but I can't remember because people kind of went nuts, and then um, this boat like flies by and scoops them all up and takes off like like they're going to go to the quarantine because inside the bags it's all completely algae but you can make out all the different fish and so yeah it's the same they've been st- wait they should be dead. right that's that's what i said because it's been a year yeah exactly exactly that's that was the ridiculousness of it i looked at my son and i was just like they should be dead you know and he was giggling cuz he thought it was cool but i was like that's not really that doesn't make any sense you know, and <laughs> like I'm all logical about it. <laughs> like a squid driving a car, you know, I didn't get mad at that. But when they popped up out of the water, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but that, you know, it was a it was a major callback. And a couple of the characters in there said something and, and then they got whisked away. So I'll have to wait till Blu-ray to find out exactly what they say or watch it on YouTube some point, you know. But um yeah, they should have been dead within like two hours. Pretty much, you don't get any oxygen. It was all sealed, you know. And here we're all being all technical and stuff, but you know, whatever. Yeah, that's a scientific version of finding Dory. Yeah, but I would have to say that I I think they really need to stop making these. I think I think it's you know you watch them back to back. It's it's a good bookend, you know. Um, it's a good four hour movie, and just leave it at that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I love all the characters. I love Dory. I love Nemo. I love Marlin. But it, for me, unlike unlike Toy Story, I, I can see there's a continuation. Like, even though they said Toy Story three was done, like I could see them continuing it with uh, with the girl that they got left with. I forget her name. I can't um, remember either. But yeah. I don't remember her name, but the the Toy Story four is supposed to be about them finding Bo Peep, and I was like, oh, that's interesting because, you know, it, it wasn't really hinted; it was basically in your face that like Woody and Bo Peep had a thing going yeah. on. Yeah, and and of course, Toy Story three ends with Buzz and Jesse kind of, you know, getting it on or whatever <laughs> toys do to fuck. <laughs> However, toys fuck. I'm not sure how they do that, but but they did it. Um, and uh, so it's kind of like Woody. I I'm at, right now because there's no like footage or anything. I just imagine like Woody like watching Jesse and 
Buzz getting on. He's like, "Fuck, I had that too. Where the hell did she <laughs> Where go?" Where the hell did she go? <laughs> yeah, they they got they got rid of that toy. I mean, whether they sold it on eBay or did Craigslist or lost it, I don't know. Because the way Toy Story three kind of begins, yeah. some of the toys you find out have been, you know, over the years have disappeared. Yeah, it's basically, the core, but it's basically the core. But like Bo Peep was kind of the core. During like she kind of a, a little bit got phased out in Toy Story two mm-hmm. because she stayed be, she stayed behind and didn't go after uh, you know Woody or whatever help looking for Woody so everybody that was the core of Toy Story two was basically left over to you know be in Toy Story three right. but you know I love those characters I I, just, I don't know I, something something about Toy Story that like again we said before that if it keeps getting better and better, like I'll always go and watch those movies. Like I don't, I don't ever want them to stop making toy stories unless like, you know, Michael Bay directs one. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, even the, if, if they keep getting those guys to do it, like Lassiter, I, I, did he write the last one? Or, I don't know. I, I think they're, I think, I think those guys are involved in every single one of those. They're, they're super good storytellers. Like that was their first baby. And like each one. Yeah. Has Lassiter, I think Lassiter is, I think Lassiter might've done it or did some of it because like, because I, did you, did you know this, the story about, um, Toy Story two? Um, that was supposed to be directed to video. And then they ended up, um, finding, finding out that the story was really good. And so they just kind of beefed it up put more money into it, beefed it up, took a little more time and then brought it out in the theaters. But I remember that was supposed to be direct to DVD. Yeah. So Disney wanted to do what Disney was doing at that point in time was just make bullshit sequels, direct to DVD. Right. And, and Lassiter caught wind of it and saw what they were doing to his baby basically. And, um, he was not happy about it and basically rewrote the entire story in, um, in one in like a weekend or so or a week or something like that. It, it's on one of their like, uh, oh, what's it called? Uh, I think it's like a, it's a documentary. Uh, it's called like Pixar. I think it's, oh, I'd like to check like that. that out. It's just a documentary. Yeah. It's just a documentary about, about Pixar. And, um, basically he and the original team, I think rewrote toy story three. Uh, I'm sorry, toy story, toy story two, um, because of what Disney was trying to do. Well, uh, Toy Story to three that. came out of. I remember. Um, I remember the original. The guy before Bob Iger, who was what was that guy's name? He was CEO. He pissed off the Pixar people because he offered him a really lowballed him, you know, for to re up with Disney. And <clears throat> so Pixar said, "Well, screw you guys. We're just going to do our own thing." And then, uh, fuck, I forget that guy. But was the didn't he always come Eisner? Eisner. That's okay, Eisner. guy. I I don't. I never liked that guy because he really he almost screwed Pixar. He was the guy that really almost ruined everything because he struck it. Tried to strike a deal with them that was really lowball. Like Pixar is like really. I mean, makes amazing films one after another. And why wouldn't you not give them, you know, full, you know, whatever money, whatever that they wanted. Um, so Pixar said, you know what, we're just going to make movies on our own. We're fine, and we'll find someone else to distribute it. And Walt Disney said, "Okay, well, you know, all the movies that we've made with you so far, we get to we we own that. We can make Toy Story three. We can make whatever we want." And so they started making Toy Story three, like wrote the script, like started, I think, even animating all that stuff. And then Eisner stepped down, and Iger came up, and he went back to Pixar and said, "Look, we're sorry. Let's strike a new deal." And 
I think eventually they ended up buying Pixar for like seven and a half billion dollars. And Toy Story three ended up being something completely different than what it was as well. Um, which thank God, you know, um, the Pixar team are amazing. So yeah, basically he was, he was only the screenwriter for, for Toy Story three. I thought uh, Michael. So he, he wasn't the director. I thought Michael Arndt uh, was the writer of Toy Story Three, or maybe he was one of the writers. He wrote. Well, it's like he he was probably one of them. There's there's always like multiple screenwriters, but but the point is, is Lasseter didn't direct Toy Story Three. It was somebody else. And then they hired Michael Arndt to write the first draft of Force Awakens. I think so. Yeah, I think so. And then it wasn't going the way that they wanted to, and then then they went back to the well. Yeah, with JJ and Kasdan. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's really interesting. You know, Disney, um, this year, I don't know what it is, dude, but this year they're just killing it. They're just, I mean, every single thing that they're putting out is doing ridiculously good. Well, they have three of the, they have, well, they have four of the four major properties right now. Yeah. Disney. They're Disney, first of all. Right. And Disney's Disney animation has come back in a big way with the last two movies they've done, but uh, or three movies: well, like, Tangled, like Tangled, six, Frozen, Frozen, yeah. Tangled, um, Zootopia. What was it? Zootopia exactly? So D- Disney being Disney again, they have Pixar, they have Marvel, and they have Star Wars. Like the fuck, you don't need to do anything else ever again. I know. Like well, and now the thing they need to grab out. What what else is there to grab out? Well, there, now they're doing they're turning their animated properties into live action, and those are doing gangbusters. So, uh, and then they have much more of those coming out. So this year, I think alone, what they have left, and and, and they're not done. They're six months in. There's still six months left. They've got uh, Doctor Strange, uh, Rogue One, and they've got uh, there's an animated something I'm missing. Um, I don't know. They have three major, major films still to come, uh, the rest of the year, which is crazy. So yeah. Um, oh, Moana, the one with the, the rock, the animated film mm. with the rock. Yeah. So they're not done. <laughs> and, uh, they've got, uh, what beauty and the beast in the pipeline next March. That's their next live action movie. So and I'm sure there. I think Frozen Two is being worked on. I'm, I, I know that uh, Zootopia. I already know that they're working on a sequel for that. Because I mean, why wouldn't you in a billion dollar franchise already? Um. So anyway, back to Pixar. <laughs> they. Or I. Finding I, Dory. Well, yeah. I, what I was going to say about Pixar is that when they're at their best, when they're creating something completely original. Um. Yeah. Now, with the exception of Toy Story, you know, everything else, you know, the original stuff is fantastic. So the sequel, I just hope, like every other company, I just hope they don't get sequelitis because already we're seeing prequels and sequels that just are not living up to the originals. And, um, and so it's really tough. Like, as much as, as good as Finding Dory is, I felt like if this movie came out three years after Finding Nemo, I think I probably would have liked it a lot more. It's just 13 years later, it's kind of like, you know, I've seen so much stuff that this movie doesn't have anything extra that it can do to, to wow me or to like get me really excited, you know? Um, yeah, so I, we just, we should really say that we, it's not like we don't 
we're saying that Dory is good. And right now, to show you how good, it's sitting at 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. Finding Nemo is, Finding Nemo is 99%. So you're relatively right in the same ballpark as the original. I, it's, again, like, I think it's because it didn't make me fucking cry. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> I think for me, the 5% is making me cry. Like, like I, I walked because, out of there and I thought, this is an 85% movie, is what I thought. That was my feeling about it. If we're gonna, if we're able to rate these things, is my feeling. I was like, this was a, it was a good movie. It's not great, like like crazy, excellent, great. I said, but it was good. It was really good. So you know, I don't know. I mean, ninety four percent. I don't know. I guess like it seems kind of high to me. But Finding Nemo at ninety nine, it's a near perfect movie. I mean, you can't find anything wrong with that movie. And that one percent, I don't know what the hell's wrong with them. You know, but. Um, Finding Dory, you know, had, you know, I don't know, I guess you could call it flaws. I don't really think it's got flaws. I just think that they really, for whatever reason, kind of pulled their punches at the end um, and just did like this silly caper thing at the end. Oh, and did you notice also the way it ended? It just ended so abruptly. Like it, it you're just sitting With there. With them just looking out in the ocean. Yeah, it's like, yeah, because they said something and then it just immediately goes, the music started and then it just goes to the end. And I was like, what? Like, okay. You know, I thought there was something else. There's really nothing left. There was really nothing left for them to do. I mean, it was, it was once again, Marlin, like not trusting uh, Dory. And it seemed like Dory had kind of not fixed her short-term memory loss, but coping with it better like her journey this time made her cope with her short-term memory loss a lot better and work at it harder than she ever did before so instead of relying on somebody else well you kind of hit something there because that kind of while that's there it feels a little lost amongst all the the weird caper shit that happens at the end because like because if you look back at like not even that far back. Zootopia, for instance. And Zootopia just came out on DVD, for God's sake, which is weird. It feels like right. that movie only came out a couple months ago. Um, Zootopia was able to tell a really, you know, a, a decent story, but have all that extra stuff that made you like really in, be completely invested in, in the world and also in the characters and the situations because it's so close to like what it's like in the real world, you know, with all the, the racism and, you know, uh, gender, you know, all that stuff. And in Dory, it felt like, I think like a Nemo, they dealt with, um, handicapped, I guess a little bit. I mean, with the fin and in this one, they kind of like, I'm in the beginning of it, it felt like they were saying like, well, she's special, you know, she, is handicapped in the brains, you know, she's not able to, we have to like be on her all the time. And, you know, and so they didn't let her like explore and stuff like that. Cause they were afraid she's going to die. So th- some of those, like, I guess, you know, story elements or whatever you want to call them kind of got lost a little bit. So, you know, because she does have like a genuine, it, it's an issue, you know, but you can, kind of overcome those things and you can, you know, utilize them for what they are and, and realize like, Hey, I'm never going to be, you know, hundred percent or perfect or whatever, but I can still do things like they, they did like, they did push the whole, uh, you know, what would Dory do thing, which was kind of cool. I did like that. You know, she would, 
that's how she would kind of build her confidence a little bit. Like, what what would I do? And like, oh yeah. And then she'd figure out a way because she always did. Well, I think that was that was highlighting like to the point of what you were saying. Um, you know, her handicap is her short term memory um, loss, but her strength is is just going with the flow and you just know, just keep swimming to the wall. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's a lot more poignant than balls to the wall, but um, <laughs> she, you know, that that's her, that's her strength. And it's actually her strength that carries her and Marlon and, and Nemo throughout the entire movie. So there's, there's some, you know, there's some layers to this movie and, you know, I, I, I think, I think me and you are in the same boat where it's it's a if I saw this movie before Nemo or if I never saw Inside Out or I never saw Zootopia or any of the Toy Story movies, this would probably be one of the best cartoons I've ever seen. Like yeah. Ranking up there with like The Lion King and um Beauty and the Beast, things like that. Like it's, yeah. it's up there. So and and that's a that's a testament to Pixar because I'm look and I I kind of agree that it's like 94%. You're you're saying it's in like the high 80s. Yeah, I think it's like 85 for me. So, I can I can agree that it's like 94% not and I'm not I'm taking the fact that I, you know, I took my daughter to her first opening night movie out of the equation. You know, <laughs> it it is a really it is a really good movie, but because Pixar has set the bar so damn high. So damn high like if I don't hit like all my emotions in a Pixar movie, I'm like disappointed. Like yeah. I, in a Pixar movie, I expect to laugh, I expect to cry, I expect to like get all warm and fuzzy. Like I, I expect to run the gambit of every single emotion, um, and they, you know, and and I didn't get the crying part of it in this one, and like my emotions are left a little like disappointed that I didn't hit all the bars that I, I should be hitting in a Pixar movie. So. It's not that it's a bad movie. It's not that it's just an okay movie. It's just that Pixar with Inside Out, especially, mm-hmm. you know, I mean that that movie is that movie is damn perfect. Like, yeah, it's right up there with Nemo. Um, it's right up there with like Toy Story three. Yeah, um, it's Inside so is good. Just that good. So, you know, it's 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 a a step below that, but a step below those movies is still really fucking good. Yeah, it is a really good and, movie. I mean, it's like it's like if it's like when you go watch a Marvel movie now, and you go to a movie that Marvel puts out, and it's not Civil War. You're like, well, fuck! It's still a really better than anything DC put out. You know? When yeah. You, you would. I mean, DreamWorks would fucking kill for a movie like this for Finding Dory. You know, they would kill for a movie like Finding Dory to have something rated this high. Any animated studio would love to have a Finding Dory. You know, it just so happens that Pixar has a shit ton of them. Yeah, it's just a, probably a really good company to work with. These people like really work really well together, and they're really good at telling stories. I mean, that's the number one thing. I mean, I watched a few movies earlier, like in the last couple of years from DreamWorks, like Home and uh, Kung Fu Panda, th- Kung Fu Panda Three, and Train Your Dragon Two, and they just they don't hold a candle to anything Pixar has been doing, even their sequels. Man, um, How to you Train know? Your Dragon Two is actually pretty good. I didn't number see t- Kung Fu Panda Three. I did see Home, and that was terrible. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like Home as much as I, I did not I believe. Would, but... the, I did not believe mid twenties. Uh, Rihanna was a thirteen year old girl. Yeah, I know. Um, no, How to Train Your Dragon two. I had just a lot of problems with that movie because the, really, the, yeah, because 
they gave away so much in the trailer that when I went to watch the movie, I wasn't surprised about anything that happened. It was really a, a bummer. It was a letdown. Oh, for me. I didn't. Uh, I didn't time see it letdown. in the theater. I didn't oh. see it in the theater, so like there was a lot of time that passed. I didn't really pay attention too much to the trailer. So when I actually finally saw it uh, in my home, like I, I really enjoyed it. Um, so I didn't have anything spoiled for me. So I really liked uh, How to Train Your Dragon Two. It was better than the first one. Um, uh, we, let's see, Home. I already said it sucked. What was the third movie that you said? Uh, well, Kung Fu, Kung Fu, oh, Kung Panda, Fu Panda Three. 3. Yeah, I didn't see that yet. I yeah, it's it's not. I mean, it's better than this. The second one was really weak. The third, this one was all right. And now there's like this rumblings of like they're trying to. They've been trying to bring Shrek back for years, and I guess it's going to happen pretty soon. They're going to announce it or something like that. Um, yeah, but the problem here's the problem with Shrek, and it's the problem with all these other type of TV shows that are out there that just fucking don't have a mute button to their casserole episodes, like you know, <laughs> to use one of our own things, but. Um, they don't have like, 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 uh, once upon a time, right? Let's just throw every fucking fairy tale into this, into this storyline and just name drop everything. You know, Gotham, of course, fucking does it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the problem with Shrek for me was like in the beginning, it was kind of interesting where they were kind of taking it from this like fairy tale legend type thing mm-hmm. where all the fairy tales lived in this realm. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I've never seen that before, you know? Uh, kind of like when you go see, you know, Civil War, you're like, oh my god, it's Captain America fighting. It was the saw the first Avengers. The first Shrek was like the anti Disney movie. It was yes, it was but really it had Disney characters in it. Yeah, because they were using the Han Christensen versions and not the Disney versions. Right. So you saw Pinocchio there. You saw <clears throat> um, what else? Pinocchio. You saw Sleeping Beauty. I think was there. Yeah, Pinocchio, uh, you saw a bunch of Snow- you saw a bunch of like uh, you bunch of saw you saw a bunch of like fairy tale characters in there, and the, you know the second one took it to a whole new level. But again, that joke gets kind of stale when you expect to throw all the shit in. It's like watching the first Naked Gun movie; you've never seen anything like that, or, or watching um, Airplane; you've never seen anything like that. And then you keep watching all the other like spinoffs. And yeah, like, it starts to get, get to, stale. Like, you're right. Right. Especially when you get to like scary movie four, you're like, all right, I'm just expecting this shit to happen. And then you're left with no substance. You know, you're because as the Shrek thing kept going, it was like, OK, now now it's after they've gotten married. Now you got to meet the parents. Then the Shrek, you they have a kid and it's like, all right, this is kind of getting boring. There's nothing really new about yeah, it. Yeah. By the time they got to the last one, it was really bad. That's why it was really f- refreshing actually when they made Puss in Boots. I mean, even that wasn't a great movie, it was still pretty, I mean, it was entertaining because it was different. It was, you know, following the cat around versus Shrek. So they didn't do all those Shrek antics, whatever that they do in those movies. But if they're going to reboot Shrek, They've got to do it in a way that, like you said, just gets rid of that element altogether and just does something completely different. So, but I don't know how you would do that. Just do a good story. Just don't give me the gimmicks. And you know, the other thing also is like I could only take Eddie Murphy so many times in that same thing. Yeah, he he could not be more of a token donkey in that movie. Yeah, every every time you expect him to do the same thing over and over again, it it got that got boring too. So. I mean, that's the difference between, like, Toy Story 3, right? Or Toy Story, the movies. They they basically start with, like, okay, well, what's the evolution of these characters or the evolution of toys? And you're like, oh, that's interesting. I never thought of that. And then, like, when, you know, they said they weren't going to ever do another Toy Story, then they did Toy Story 3, and they're like, well, you know, what happens to your toys, you know, when you get older? And I'm like, oh, fuck. 
Like, that's a great story that I want to know because that was me, like, growing up. Like, I remember going to the basement and opening these cardboard boxes with all these toys that had been sitting there for years. So yeah. I thought that was, like, a great story. So I'm a little worried about Toy Story 4, even though I'm excited for it, because, like, it kind of goes away from, you know, it goes away from... uh um, the evolution of the toys because they've already been through that entire evolution. You know, Toy Story right. 3 was like they gave it to somebody else. So you could rehash some of that same stuff with the girl, which it wouldn't be, you know, good. Um, so they decided to go in a different route and try to find Bo Peep, which, you know, it's okay. It You know, on paper so far, it's only like a one-sentence synopsis. Right. So, but it is Pixar, well, so they wouldn't go down that route if well, it's it wasn't like, worth it. Well, it's like, you know, how do you end a story like that where they all get incinerated or get put, like all get uh put in a, you know, in a in a cardboard box like they were they were going to do? Like how do you I don't know. I mean, the evolution of them going to a girl who's going to utilize them all over again is fresh, but they can't keep passing those toys back and forth to other kids. And those, those toys are deteriorating over time, you know? Right. So like it's at some point, you know, they've got to kind of end, have a, a like, so, that's why I thought toy story three had just the most beautiful poignant, poignant, poignant ending of, of just about any movie I've ever seen, you know? And um, so it's like when they announced number four, I was like, okay, well they're only doing that because they made a billion dollars. So, I guess it's inevitable, but I just really hope that they take the care to like make a really good movie. Well, uh, I but, mean, they, the, every single one of those movies got better and better. Yeah, and like Toy That's Story three was basically like me. a perfect ending. Mm-hmm. And and you know, I love the characters. I love 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 all the characters of Toy Story. And yes, I want to see them in a new movie, but there's a part of me that's like, how can you beat a hundred percent? Which I think that's what Toy Story Three is. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. I you don't, you know, you just kind of. We love those characters so much, and uh, you know, you just got you have to uh, create a story that's going to utilize or do something a little different. Wait um, a minute, Toy Story Three is at ninety nine percent. Who the fuck are the one percent? Seriously, that's what I'm. The same people that hate fish. I don't know. People that these they don't, people hate- don't like toys. What the fuck? That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, Finding Nemo is a near perfect movie, but Toy Story three is like basically a perfect movie. Like, there's nothing yeah. wrong with Toy Story three. Well, what's Inside Out at? I mean, Inside Out to me is a perfect movie. Uh, Inside Out. Let me see. Which I don't. I hope they don't Nin- ever ninety eight percent. Okay, so I I hope they don't ever make another inside out they don't ever need to because it's it's so good the way it is you know just like up up is is fantastic from beginning to end they don't ever have to make a sequel or anything um the only movie that i was actually surprised that they haven't made a sequel to was bugs life because that one could warrant a sequel they could do something different with that but I don't know if anyone cares now at this point. It's been 18 years since the last no, one came out. I mean, basically that that movie. I mean, I liked *The Bug's Life*, and many consider it like one of the weakers of weaker ones of their earlier stuff. But I really liked it. But basically, that's just a take on Aesop's Tale. Like that's all that is. Yeah, is, is like an updated version of Aesop's of uh, Aesop's Tale or Aesop's Fable. Um, yeah. The one movie that I thought was ripe for a sequel that they still haven't done or it's in the works was The Incredibles. I mean, yeah, I've heard like, that's in the works too. 
But they, but no, like the rumor was it's been in works for years, but now we actually have con- confirmation from the, from the guy himself. What the hell's his name? Um, Brad Bird. Brad Bird, right. That he actually is working on Incredibles 2 after he did um, Tomorrowland. So, yeah. But I couldn't believe that it took that long for him to do it because, I mean, that out of all the movies that we've seen from Pixar, that one was perfect for a sequel. Yeah, I'm surprised too. I think he kind of just went off and did he did a like his first live action movie was uh Mission Impossible and then um and then Tomorrowland was like kind of his baby from beginning to end and I I didn't like that movie at all. Um It was a little weird. Yeah, I, in fact, I don't even think I finished it. I think I fell asleep at the end or something like that. But um I didn't like it. So when he was announcing he was going to go back to Incredibles, I was so so excited because Right now, superheroes are just, I mean, through the stratosphere right now. And that movie was so good. I mean, it's still different, and, and it, but it's a superhero movie. So they could totally do it, and it would work. It would be totally fine. And, and to get that cast back, that cast was stellar. So, I mean, my favorite, my favorite line still in The Incredibles was, you know, where's my, where's my super suit, woman? I just, I just love that. Um so yeah, anyway, Pixar is just wicked. You say, man, just they're they're so awesome. So I mean, they've they. I mean, right now they're in sequel territory. I don't know if that's because they're running out of original ideas or if they just they're just like, well, let's revisit these characters. We have great ideas for them. I don't know what, but I would like to see some more original material because Inside Out is just fucking incredible. So yeah, there's I no just, there's nothing under um, Lasseter's belt. Um, all the way up until 2018 where there's a different Pixar movie. I mean, what he's got lined up is basically Cars 3 and Toy Story 4. That's all that's listed uh, um, for him, really. So, And see, on the other side, Disney Animated is doing all completely original stuff, uh, with the exception of Frozen 2, I think, which that was inevitable because that's a billion-dollar fr- – that's a multi-billion-dollar franchise. My God. Right. Yeah. Um, all the toys, I think – they were like Star Wars. Still, I mean, still you, sell. yeah, it's, it's crazy. I mean that it's just one movie and they're generating billions of dollars just on that, that one property. It's insane. But, um, yeah, I don't know. We shall see. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, thumbs up for me for finding Dory. I th- again, maybe I shouldn't say I just found it. Okay. I did find, I thought it was a very good movie. Didn't think it was Finding Nemo great, but still a very good movie for me. Yeah, it's a, it's a definitely a two thumbs up for me. And again, it's probably the only review that I will ever give that doesn't give it like five out of five stars because it didn't make me cry. Like, seriously. <laughs> so like crazy. It's so fucking weird. Like, I've never reviewed or thought about a movie <laughs> where it's like, you know, I'm a little upset that this movie did not make me cry. Like, that's just weird. You know, like you review <laughs> things weird. like superhero movies, like, you know, I wish Superman punched or I wish, you know, Superman didn't kill or I wish like, you know, they did this action wise. But I've never, ever gotten on a movie and said, I wish they made me cry. Yeah, never. man, I, I, I'm right there with you, man. And I thought it was going to happen. Like there was like a, a part in the movie where I thought, OK, this is where it's going to happen. Dude, and they got me in the happen. they fucking they got me in the third trailer in the third trailer when Nemo turns to Marlin. <laughs> And says, "Are we going to have to say goodbye to uh, Dory?" I'm like, "Oh my God, you're going to make me cry in the trailer." 
Like, yeah. And then, you know, it didn't, it didn't happen. And I was like, I'm upset that I didn't cry. I even told, I even told uh, my fiance, I was like, if it gets to the point in a movie, in the movie where it's like all emotional, don't even fucking look at me. Don't judge me. (laughs) Yeah. Don't look at me. Just look at the screen. Don't even look at me. You already know I'm crying. Don't just don't, don't, don't acknowledge the fact that I'm crying like a little baby. I have brought onions to the theater. (laughs) (laughs) It's not me. Yeah. (laughs) No, it was, it was good. It was good. I look forward to more uh, Pixar stuff and more Disney stuff, but, uh, Anyway, well, that'll do it for Finding Dory. That's episode 30 of Chew on This and Nerds United Podcast. I'm BJ. Thick. Until next time, chew on that, folks. Later. <laughs>